Are you living the crazy life of a sports parent? This is Sports Parenthood, the podcast packed with cool conversations with sports people, coaches and professionals for rookie sports parents just like you. You'll hear nuggets of gold in every episode with your hosts, fellow sports parents, John and Tiffany Bonacera. It's been one heck of a ride. There's been many lows. There's been many highs. I was never selected in state teams until I was 16. So yeah, you just have to keep at it. And I was always disappointed when I was overlooked or not seen seen to be selected, but uh, it just made me work even harder. I used that as extra motivation and I eventually got there. You can hear it in her voice. The joy, the determination, the competitive spirit. She wasn't the best. She wasn't the worst. But you know what? She's got pump. Together with a willingness to listen and learn. In this week's episode, we speak with Remy Seamson, who currently plays soccer for Sydney FC in the W League. She made a big impression in her first W League outing when she was just 16, named W League Young Footballer of the Year. Remy's also represented Australia in the under-20s, where she scored seven goals on debut. Yes, seven. I mean, this athlete is on fire with the ultimate dream of playing for the Matildas, a goal of hers since she was just four years old. This interview gave me goosebumps, and I even got a bit emotional, because every sporting story, including Remy's, is not without hurdles, heartache, and hard work. From her school pathway, turning points, to some great advice for sports parents, Remy keeps it real, starting with how she first got involved in soccer. Tell us how you got involved in soccer. It's a pretty crazy story uh, to begin with. I, I played every sport under the sun growing up. My, my parents put me into athletics, swimming, netball, softball, you name it, anything with a ball, uh, I pretty much played and I loved every sport that I, I'd try. And so my older brother played football first and I was probably about four at this age and I kept trying to run on the field and my parents were getting so <laughs> over it. They were so fed up. So they went, you know what, let's put her in her own team. And ever since the day I've played it, I haven't looked back. I've fell in love with the game instantly. And I said to my parents at the age of four, apparently this is what they state. I, uh. I walked out pretty serious I said I want to play for the Socceroos not knowing that there was a female team but representing Australia has always been instilled in me since I was that young so I've never swayed from that but I did play a lot of sport growing up so it didn't I didn't choose football until I was about 12 years old when I couldn't keep balancing running from netball to soccer so I had to choose one and I'm so glad that I stuck with football. We'd love to know how you progressed through the sport. So you mentioned you sort of probably didn't focus on it specifically until about 12. What were some of your biggest challenges and some of the biggest highlights when you were an aspiring athlete? Yeah, it's been a crazy journey and I've loved every minute of it, but there's extreme highs and lows to each sport. And when you devote Mm -hmm. so much time, you're obviously going to live each day with new challenges. So uh, like I said, I, I turned to football seriously when I was about 12 uh, and I started making rep teams with Manly United so I stepped Mm -hmm. into my first all girls team in the rep side when I was 10 with the under 12 Manly girls 
And I, at first, I actually didn't want to play with the all girls. I wanted to stay at my club because I was playing with the boys. So that was a big mm. challenge in itself, trying to talk me into playing with all girls. But I'm so glad I went to that club. And throughout the years, I basically just made my way through the ranks with Manly United. I, I wasn't a standout to begin with. My coaches remind me that a lot. They say, <laughs> look, you weren't the greatest. You weren't the worst. You were probably middle of the pack. Uh, <laughs> but they knew how much I wanted to make it in football so it, I came, I was probably at the tender age of 15 or 14 with my under 15s coach and he pulled me aside and I asked him what I needed to work on and he basically said look I'm so grateful he was honest because you need honesty so mm-hmm. you know where to improve you um, definitely do. and he pulled me aside and he basically said you just need to work on your pace your speed and your technical abilities there but you can always touch up on a few things ever since he set, had that conversation with me I took it next level. I started doing sprint training every Tuesday and Thursday afternoons up at my local park in French's Forest. And I had a specific sprint coach and I worked on that uh, religiously every week. And yeah, soon the results were paying off. And about under 15s, I started getting called into reserve grade, benching for reserve grade, which is an all women's competition, the one just below first grade. And before I knew it, I was 16, debuting for first grade with Manly United and my first season in first grade, I actually received uh, the football player of the year out of the whole competition Ooh. alongside a Matilda at the time. So that's where it all kind of, this is where it got really quick yeah. and my kind yeah. of r- rise into W League and under 20s national teams, this is where it all came from, was from that from that night of receiving that player of the year. So I got a, I didn't go through the pathway of the Institute, which is the pathway that a lot of girls follow, which mm, is yep, basically you know, four nights a week out at Glenwood, uh, Blacktown. (laughs) And with parents that work full-time, logistically, it was very difficult for me to be out there. So my parents would have made it work if that was something that I really, really wanted to do. But it was extremely hard. Thankfully, you didn't have to. Yeah, I stayed at family. So I I sounded like you felt like you are in good hands there. Absolutely. My parents never forced me into decisions. They always asked me first and what I would like to do and you know, they didn't force me into anything and they supported me every journey I wanted to take, every direction I wanted to take. And I'm so grateful for that because there are a lot of parents that can sway kids to make, to do the decisions that they want them to do. But my parents were always very supportive with whatever I decided to do. And uh, I stayed at Manly and it's I've reaped the rewards from that. And I felt I was growing and developing and getting just as much opportunity at Manly than I, than I would be at Institute as well. Institute's a great program, but yeah, just felt it manly. I was developing well. And from there, I got called into the nice. under-20s national team, debuted for the national team, scored seven goals on debut, and then three <laughs> goals in the next game. And while I was over in China, they actually sent my Sydney FC contract. <laughs> and they said, we want to sign you for this season. Before, before you get home. Literally before I got <laughs> home. It was in the space of a so day we, and a half. So we, they go, so we can get your chase. Absolutely. That's, that's right. They, um, Come on. They, yeah, no. that's, a, that's a compliment. Yeah, it look, means they don't want to get in a bidding war. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's I was a train on with them from the age of 15 and I was just training on with Sydney and then I was overseas in China and they sent the contract through. It was the best day of my life. I've supported Sydney no FC. Doubt my whole life, let alone I just debuted for the Australian under-20 national team, yeah. which was, again, a dream come true. So it was all happened very quick. And, 
yeah, debuted with Sydney that season and won Young Player of the Year. We made the semi-finals. I got Golden Boot Player of the Year with Sydney FC, which I'm forever grateful for. And it was just a very successful season. That's where my what kind of career whirlwind. went down that you know national team path as well as that Sydney FC W League path. So yeah, it's been one heck of a ride. There's been many lows. <laughs> there's been many highs. I, I was never selected in state teams until I was 16. So yeah, you just have to keep at it and. I was always disappointed when I was overlooked or not seen seen to be selected, but uh, it just made me work even harder. I used that as extra motivation, and I eventually got there. What a holistic answer! Yes, I'm, I'm, and I'm, really I'm good self awareness as yeah, well in terms of you know being able to look back and, and take and feedback. To, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that is. I had to be open to it definitely, and I think the, credit to my coach 100%. Um, for being honest with me. He was the turning point in my whole career, so I'm grateful for that. And it's. It's quite impressive that a coach can have that conversation with a 15-year-old and say, mate, if you want to do it, you know, these are my recommendations and you've gone away and worked on them Mm, straight away Mm because the hardest thing to do is to work on weakness. There's no question about that. Everyone loves loves doing their strengths but getting to the things that are, you know, letting you down is is the hardest thing to do. So I agree. Full credit to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a, it was something I needed to hear, and I'm glad that I, I was open to it. You know, if my parents said it, I probably would have, you know, <laughs> reacted angry because I would have said, "You don't know what you're talking about." But I was grateful that uh, my coach we, said it to me. We we only laughed yeah. because the same conversation, different hands. Oh, absolutely. I'm grateful yes. my parents played netball and rugby because, like, they have no yeah. idea some sometimes, and the poor my poor parents have copped it a few times. But yeah, they're my best support system in the highs and the lows. So, do they have a? Do they have that? Do they have good knowledge of soccer now? Oh, absolutely. Mum was <laughs> the team manager at Manly from the age of since I was thirteen. So okay. she's been on the bench and watched a million games, and my dad's <laughs> watched a million games, and you know they'll always awesome. give me my two cents and. <laughs> Yeah, especially when I know I haven't played my best. Uh, it's one quiet ride home, let me tell you that. <laughs> we, we often talk about the car trip home, actually. It's, a, it's an interesting place. It's definitely a make or break situation for sure. Yeah. 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 S- silence is often the best. Yeah, definitely. My parents learned yeah. that very quickly, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we have spoken at length about your parents and the support they provided throughout your childhood. Did you have any other mentors particularly through those early stages of your career outside of the coach that you've mentioned and potentially what advice did they give you that really resonated for you? Yeah, my parents were key in my my football career and my success as well because they were the most understanding and sacrificed so much for me to get where I am today. Uh, they had to take time off work. They had to leave work early, all of that. So I'm forever yep. grateful. My nan actually played a huge part as well. She uh, lives with us and she had to drive me out to the middle of whoop whoop to training camps, trainings when my parents couldn't get me out there. So also my family played a huge role, not just, you know, my parents and my brother had to be super understanding. Obviously my parents devoted a lot of time with my sport. So Mm. I'm really grateful for that. But I did have a lot of role models. I was very fortunate to grow up with a lot of female athletes that I really looked up to and uh, appreciated their advice. So I, I, my biggest um, role model, you could say, was Caitlin Ford. My dad cut out a newspaper article when I was 10 years old about how she'd won Young Footballer of the Year in the FIFA Women's World Cup. Mm-hmm. And she was 16 at the time. So ever since I read that article, I just wanted to be exactly like Kate. And to be able to say that 
I played in the same team as Kate at Sydney FC is just a huge dream come true. I was pretty starstruck to begin with, but her, Alana Kennedy, Kaya Simon, uh, they've all been instrumental in my development. They were super kind to me my first season and have always helped me with advice and um, their belief in me is second to none. So I appreciate all that they've done for me. And uh, yeah, just the older girls that have been there and done it, I've mm-hmm. really respected and they've always given me the time and always helped me whenever I needed to make decisions or about what I'm going to do next with my next step. And yeah, that they've just been influential. I think for women athletes or female athletes, I mean, look, it's across the board, but, you know, you can't be what you can't see, that saying, and I think mm-hmm. it is really important and it sounds like, you know, that, that that whole scenario has been really important that you could see that they could do it and thankfully that was so kindly, kindly embraced you, which, you know, all works so well by the sounds of it. Definitely. They were absolutely amazing my first season. It can be pretty daunting. I was only oh 16 <laughs> with women, with all these older women, and they've played professionally for a number of years. So they really took me under their wing and, yeah, they provided that structure and base work for me and just were so kind to me. So I'm forever grateful and I'll, I'll always remember that. Remy, one of the things I guess our listeners and their children um, often wrangle or are grappling with is, you know, trying to get their kids through, you know, school and balancing, I guess, increased school workloads and and sporting workloads. It all kind of combines at that sort of 14, 15, as you know, 16-year-old, you know, age kind of brackets. How did you balance school and sport? Yeah, it's a really tough balance. Uh, I'm thankful that my mum's a teacher. Yeah. So she she was great in that aspect where we basically set up a schedule for myself where I'd put in where my free time was between trainings and post-school and I would do my work within those times so I didn't get overwhelmed or overloaded with homework or assessments or assignments like that. Mm. I also had great teachers at my high school that would sit down with me and help me do catch up lessons where I've missed bulk of work. Cause I was often away with the under 20 mm. national team in Canberra for four days out of a five day week school week. So wow, yeah, my, my teachers were so understanding, but they were so great in helping me. And I had, you know, this, the elite athlete program was great. I had a student, student helper and they would help me catch up on work too. But the best thing my mum taught me was that when you're at school, you want to smash out all of your work as much yeah. as you can. So it doesn't all pile up and you get overwhelmed whilst going to training. Cause the last thing for me personally, I don't like stressing about external things when I'm going to sport. I like mm. to be on top of everything. And I had to learn time management very quick as well as uh, sacrificing social life sometimes to get ahead and keep up with my schoolwork because it is really important that you do get your schoolwork done and you get your assignments in on time and my mum stressed that a lot obviously being a teacher (laughs) she was very big on education as well as my dad and that's why I'm studying at uni at the at the moment of I wanted to go down that path but they also encouraged me to do that so I'm grateful because it gives you that balance Mm -hmm. outside of your sport to focus on both something else and and your football or your chosen sport so yeah, all I can say is that devoting time and making a schedule and being organized with time management makes the biggest difference. Mm, yeah. I love how there's just no shortcuts. You just have to do it. Like it's yeah. just, there's nothing fancy about it. It's time management, it's organization, yeah. and, and it's, it's being on top of when it. When you're at school, don't, Smash don't it faff out. around, just yeah. get in and get it done. Mm. And of course, I enjoyed school. I did have a laugh every so often. I, yeah, I, was, you got it. I was not the perfect student. Not, no way. And no way. There was no way I was the best student. But I definitely 
tried to smash out all my work and get all my work done, but I still enjoyed it and I and I loved school. I actually miss it. Many people said that to me when I was in high school and I was like, you're joking. I'm not going to miss school. <laughs> but I do. I really do. And um, credit to my teachers. I, was, I had great relationships with all my teachers and they were credit to my my success in my HSC and, and my schoolwork. Mm. You, as you've alluded to, you you took us on your, your journey pretty quickly around how how fast you rose to great heights and representing your country. How did you, you talked about mentors and you talked about coaches that gave you some honest feedback. How did you internally manage those early expectations, you know, a 16-year-old playing against mm, women or playing in the under-20s national side? That's that's huge pressure. Yeah, definitely. I look back at it and I, I think, wow, that that w- that all happened really quickly, and I was I was really young mm. <laughs> at the time. I, it sometimes doesn't really sink in um, how big of a step everything was, but for me, I was just so excited. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't stressing about it. I wasn't. I would get nervous a hundred percent because I cared, but if anything, I was so exciting. I was taking every opportunity with both hands because not every day you get to pull on your Sydney FC jersey or you get to pull on a Australian national yeah. team jersey. So I wasn't taking anything for granted. I know I knew how much hard work I'd put in and behind the scenes. I, I would wake up early mornings twice a week and go to Oxford Falls Grammar School and train with Mr. Van Benham two mornings a week. I would do – I had a dietitian. I went and sought uh, – professional help with trying to keep my energy loads up. I was sacrificing social life to make this dream a reality. So yeah, there was a lot of expectation, but if anything, I was just enjoying it because I was just so excited that my dream was becoming a reality. That's a very cool response. I know. It's amazing. I've got tears in my eyes. (laughs) It's great. It's so nice to hear someone that's tried so hard and it all worked out for you or is working working out for you, which is fantastic so much sacrifice it was ridiculous so for it to yeah happen it's just unbelievable <laughs> would you like me to answer ask the next yes, question please <laughs> you made me tear well, up and well, I, she, well, I can't she, even see you and i'm tearing well, up well, groups um mate we understand you had a stint in california that's yes, an yeah. interesting experience can you tell us a bit more about that yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, I just turned freshly 18, so it was a pretty big jump to move overseas away from family <laughs> at the age of 18. Uh, it was a very cool experience, though. It, at the time, the national team coach suggested I get a taste of overseas football life, yep. and it just so happened that there was a second-tier league in America that approached my manager at the time, and I was speaking with the... Australian coach at that time and he suggested that I do it Mm because it would be a great experience to get a taste of what it's like to live out of home and you know overseas football experience a different style of play and I was offered to train full-time with a with a professional club in the top tier league but the coach insisted that I needed game time so the tier two Mm. league made more sense and then I would go train on full-time at the end of my season And I absolutely loved it. It was a great experience. I lived with a host family in Sacramento in California, which is the capital. So I loved every minute of it. It was definitely a huge shock moving (laughs) over. I'm I'm very close with my family. So adjusting to that was, you know, difficult at first, but you get used to it and you adjust and that's just what you have to do. So I loved every minute of it. It was a great experience. And then I got to train with, you know, the professional club Orlando Pride where I was around players that have won 
the equivalent of the Ballon d'Or for women, which was Marta, wow. Alex Morgan, Sydney LaRue. The yeah, list goes wow. on and on and on. So I was just in great company, as well as two Matildas, Emily Van Egmont and Alana Kennedy. So I thought it gave me such a great experience. And I came Very back cool. to W League feeling fitter than ever. And that's when I just re-signed with Sydney FC. So I was just super excited. And I was buzzing to get back out there. And it was a successful season for the club. And I was pretty lucky to take out the golden boot that season. I felt oh, like man. America really put me in a good place mentally and physically because it did come off my Western Sydney Wanderers season, which was quite Bit of a flat quite one. a quite a difficult time for me as a as an athlete. Mm. How does the game, just of a bit of a tangent, but how does the game differ, for example, in the US than it would here? Just a bit of an over, a quick snapshot of that one, just out of interest. It's definitely physical. A lot of our sessions was based around fitness and conditioning, and uh-huh. I think that's why I came back so fit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're very physical. They do a lot of, they call it weight room, which is just gym. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it, it's similar, but it's also different. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I, it's a very fast-paced game. I love fast-paced games. So, mm. But, yeah, it's very physical where you would think you'd get a foul or you'd just get taken out completely and you'd think you would win the foul. But, yeah, it's very tough. Play yeah. on. Yeah, mm. play on. You play on. So I learned <laughs> that very quickly. My first game, I, I was basically flipped and landed on in the <laughs> oh, first no. five minutes. And I've gone, I've looked at the referees like, yeah, play on. And I was like, oh. Uh, this is okay. how it's going to roll. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, <laughs> you know, it definitely made me toughen up a bit and it made me grow in my physical game as well as my conditioning game. And yeah, I, I also got to train with a the semi-pro boys team in Sacramento, which is which was pretty cool and the coach over there was awesome and I got to train with boys and as well as my California Storm team. So, yeah, I just felt like I was improving, you know, technically yeah. and conditioning was just second to none because we did it all the time. What a great experience. Wow, at amazing, amazing, amazing. Hey, um, so Remy, uh, has there been a moment so far where you felt like, you know, in inverted commas, you've made it? There, you get the, you feel satisfied and you feel like you've succeeded when you, that I set myself little goals before every season, before Mm -hmm. I, you know, even start pre-season. And I said to myself, my dream, my ultimate dream is to play for the Batildas. I haven't done that yet. I've been Mm -hmm. fortunate enough to play in the under 20s national team. And I've, I've achieved all the goals that I've wanted to set out for myself. You know, Sydney FC, I've Mm -hmm. played there. I've won young player of the year player of the year I've got you know it sounds very unhumble of me I, I don't want to keep going on about no, no, it no 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 not at all um, if they're yeah, goals I that achieved, you set you know, down for yourself golden boot uh for the W League which was something I've always wanted to do Amazing. uh this year I ticked off winning the golden boot for my club for the third time with with Sydney FC and yeah I just feel like there's more in me and I just want to keep working and make sure that I do make that Matilda squad because mm-hmm. it's something that I've literally dreamt of since I was four years old so for that to become a reality, I, I honestly, that's all I really want is to be able to don the green and gold at the highest level and verse, you know, the best competition in the world and be surrounded by players that are, I believe, some of the best players in the world currently, like Sam Kerr, Caitlin Ford. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I'm striving towards. And I'm very proud of, you know, the achievements that I have succeeded, but there's mm-hmm. still more in me. And mm-hmm. uh, I really just want to tick off that goal of being a Matilda. Mm. But when is the next opportunity, if you don't mind me asking, for major competition for women's football? The next competition is the Olympics. Mm. So that's going to be 
a smaller squad. They choose eighteen yeah. players instead of twenty three. So that's that's pretty going to be pretty difficult to crack into. But I'm giving it, you know, my biggest shot. And there's a number of talent ID camps that have happened, and I'm sure they'll continue to do that. But uh, then after that, there's the AFC Championship, and then basically the build up to the 2023 women's world cup, which I'm definitely striving for. I'll be 23 years old and (gasps) nothing greater than debuting in a FIFA women's world cup in front of friends and family. That would be the ultimate dream. Indeed. That's a good one. What a great opportunity. And obviously a couple of things to tick off between now and then. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. You alluded in in really nice depth actually around your time in America and, and the pathway that got you there. Now that you know you are a professional soccer player, you, you told us you're studying at university. What what's life like for you? My life, it's pretty busy. <laughs> it's go 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 all the time. We we train with Sydney. We were training two mornings a week at five a.m. and then on the field train, or in the gym. No, on the field. So we'd have wow. to be there at five thirty. We'd do prehab at five forty-five, and then be on field for six. 6.30. So mm-hmm. we train till 8am and, you know, this is just what you have to do. Our captain, Teresa, is a primary, full-time primary school teacher and she'd train it, you know, she'd be up at 5am and then go straight to a full day's of work. So mm. it's just something that we've learned to balance and there's a lot of girls that work full-time in my team or are studying full-time and, mm. yeah, it's I, I can't wait for the day that women's football is full professional and we can just do football <laughs> all day. That day for you. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of balancing that comes with it. I've just started uni. Um, this is my first trimester. I've absolutely been loving it. It's all online, um, but it is pretty hard to navigate as you have to sacrifice, like I said, social life and stuff like that, as you just need to keep on top of your work as well as your training schedule, which is full time. So yeah, I love it. I love the balance, but um, yeah, it, it can be difficult at times. One of the things uh, I can, I, I think you can hear it in your voice, but just to ask the question, do you, do you still find the joy in playing? Because you hear some professional athletes who have dreams of it and then when they're doing it, it, it sort of becomes a little bit, what, what would be the word? Well, it can be a little bit deflating, but mm. I, I, funnily enough, I was sat here and read that question to myself. You can hear the and joy. And I actually thought I don't even need to ask that because you can hear it. <laughs> you, do you have the joy? Do you find the joy I in playing? I absolutely love my football. It is the thing that gets me out of bed every morning and it's. I look forward to game day every week. It's pretty much a countdown till Christmas for me. I, <laughs> game day is waking up on Christmas Day for me. I love watching it. I, lo- I breathe the sport and I love training. I love the hard work that goes into it and, yeah, I honestly haven't lost that joy even when times were extremely difficult with my football. It's, I'm glad that the tough times did happen because it's made me the player in person I am today. And, yes, I'm, it's not always going to be a trajectory up. So no. for me, it's been um, definitely, like I said, a wild journey and ones with many ups and downs, but uh, I wouldn't have changed it at all. Speaking of downs, would you be able to share a couple of those with us and how you navigated them? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, growing up, Playing with Manly United, you know, there was those (laughs) reality checks where it goes, you do need to work extremely hard and you aren't the best in the team, but I always wanted to be the best because I wanted (laughs) to, you know, succeed in my sports. So uh, like I already told you guys, I'm extremely competitive. (laughs) But um, You've got to be able to do what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And then I was 
always trying out for the Institute. I was doing all of those uh, selection processes and I was never fortunate to make those teams and I didn't get a look in until I was 16. So there was a lot of setbacks with those kind of Mm. situations and, you know, they were tough at the time, but you always got through them and I wouldn't have changed it for the world. But my hardest challenge that I've ever had to face was definitely the season I decided to move to Western Sydney from Sydney FC. That was suggested as well or from the national team coach that I get more, try and get more game time. And so I I left Sydney, which was a really, really tough decision. And, you know, it, it was all a learning curve, really. I I moved to Wanderers and it just was not what I expected at all in my head or envisioned in my head. And, you know, I was in tears majority of the season because, you know, Sydney FC won the championship that year, the year Mm, I left. My team was bottom of the, the ladder and I wasn't getting much game time at all but look it was a huge moment where it was go where I went you know you could my parents had this conversation a number of times and they said you can either throw in the towel and be upset about it or you can turn it as motivation and come back bigger and better and thankfully the CEO of Sydney FC uh, contacted me and he wanted me back at Sydney FC and the coach contacted me and they wanted me back. So that was a huge confidence boost. And that's when I went back to America and just worked my bum off basically. <laughs> and yeah, I came back to Sydney FC. I'd trained with the future Matildas program when I got back from America and yeah, the season kind of spoke for itself. You know, I won golden boot my first game back at Sydney FC. I scored two back on debut with Sydney and I just knew it was going to be a great season because I was enjoying my football and mm. I was loving it and you know I was I was going back to Sydney FC not expecting to start or to play you know obviously leaving Mm. the club but I knew I was going to be in the best environment and I'm so grateful like I said to the CEO and my coach for having me back and I haven't looked back since going to Sky Blue and I'm thankful for the experience I had at Western Sydney Wanderers it you know it happened at a young age uh for me I was only 19 18 19 so to be able to go through that sort of difficult patch at that age I just know that whatever's going to happen, I'm going to be able to get through it because, Mm -hmm. you know, I had such a great support network around me. It was probably the lowest I'd ever been mentally and physically with my football and just in in general. But I think it's good, you know, you can get through to the other side, you know, that's the good thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it it was almost, I turned on, it almost, I flipped, flicked a switch after that season had ended. I went, Mm -hmm. you know what, I'm going to prove to myself that I want to be the best player that I can be and, and that I'm worthy of play, playing and getting game yep. time. So I'm so grateful that I had the support network around me because it wasn't easy. My poor parents popped it <laughs> a fair bit uh, with the many conversations. There was tears. There was, yeah, yelling. Oh there was dis- such disappointment. But mm. um, like I said, I used it to my advantage and just wanted to come back bigger and better next season. Without wanting to get like too deep or, or personal around that, can you pinpoint anything in that season that, um, I don't know, that led to a downward trajectory? Was there, a, was there a particular moment? Was there an injury? Was it, you know, personality differences? Honestly, my coach, so the coach of that season was my first season coach at Sydney FC. So I had a really mm-hmm. great first season yeah. with him at Sydney. And I thought, you know what? Wow, like it couldn't have worked out any better. It, I know yep. the coach. He knows me personally. He knows how I play. And yeah, just unfortunately, I think just didn't just wasn't my season in general. I, I was training as best mm-hmm. as I could. I was traveling nearly three hours okay. out, out west to go train. It was at Marconi. I'm from Belrose. So I'd have to leave in peak yeah. hour traffic. And I just think everything 
just wasn't mm-hmm. really falling for me or not clicking yep. for me. Um, it didn't didn't turn away my motivation. I trained as hard as I could and tried to improve and I did extras with the assistant coach mm-hmm. all the time. But yeah, I think it just wasn't get it. the season for me. And I wouldn't, again, people ask me, would you have changed it? And no, I wouldn't. It was a great experience for me to learn that not everything's going to be an upward trajectory, like I said, and it definitely built me up with my character and uh, tested yeah. me as a, as a person and my strength and my mentality. So I'm really happy that that experience happened. It was really hard during the time. Never in the time would I have been saying, oh, I'm so grateful that this is happening. But now post-situation post and post-experience, I'm really grateful that it happened because, uh, like I Might said, it's tougher. made me the person and player I am today. Yeah. Um, our youngest um, daughter fist pumped this morning um, when she when she we she knew she we were chatting we were to her. To she's never really she's actually she never done that. She never. She's never done that before. Be she's fair. like yes. She did those ones. So I guess my question to you, Remy, is how do you feel being a role model for for I guess the the next generation and future generation of female little, sports people? Yes, and, and, and soccer players and 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 generally female yeah. sports people. Honestly, it's just an absolute honor to be a role model for young girls and young boys. Uh, you can see I was I was one of those kids that absolutely <laughs> loved, you know, Caitlin Ford and Tim Cahill and you name it, Sally Fitzgibbons, you name them. Uh, yep. And I always looked to them as people that I wanted to aspire to be, both on and off the field or on and off their sporting field or code. And, yeah, I just want to be the best person and, have a good character and always stay true to myself and I hope that I can be a really good influence on on younger generation on the younger generation and younger kids that are you know aspiring to be football players but also I hope that my character can rub off on them as well because you know it's been a really difficult journey it's not it's never upwards or downwards and I'm always going to keep it 100% real and Mm. yeah I just want to be a great uh, role model for them and I always try and be the best person I can be both on and off the pitch and yeah like I said it's just a huge honor it's a privilege and I don't take it for granted ever and yeah (laughs) being around kids that look up to you it's pretty surreal it's a pretty crazy feeling and yeah I'm just very honored to be to be that for some young kids well it's a it's a funny thing because our daughter she's not really she, she isn't someone that really gets excited about an individual generally <laughs> situationally she will but I, I think perhaps you know with stars in her eyes and a lot, a lot like the things that you have spoken about she sees some synergy in her early life in that she attends the school that you went to she has Mr Van Bentham as as one of her teachers and she's in the under 12 SAP program at Manly and so she looks at you and says that's, I can- that's what I want to do and I <laughs> And I, and I hope that I can, you know, and that's, that's exciting because as, as we said, we don't, we don't hear that from her other than, other than this particular case. Yes. Oh, that's so nice. And honestly, you know, a lot of people ask me about my school pathway and I went to a Christian school uh, and I was surrounded by some really great people, but also a lot of people ask me why I never went to sports schools, but if anything, Mr. Van Benham is a key reason as to why I stayed and why I continued through that Christian school pathway and the CIS pathway. Yep. And yeah, look, I went to a public primary school. I went through the Sydney North mm-hmm. uh, pathway, but uh, high school I went with CIS and yeah, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. We, Mr. Van Benham was credit to a lot of my success from getting up early in the morning. He <laughs> sacrificed a lot yep. for me to uh, practice my shooting and yeah, he's just an awesome teacher, but an awesome person. So 
your daughter is in very good hands. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more about him. He's the tears have started nothing. again. He's so been... <laughs> I'm going to pass over. To <laughs> He's been nothing but but unbelievable for us to for both our children thus far. That's um, great, Remy. In closing, if you had one piece of advice or more for sports parents who are providing guidance to their sports kids, what would it be? Great question. Uh, my parents, I like to you know reflect what my parents did because I honestly think they did such a great job in never forcing me into things that I never really wanted to do. And even the decisions, you know, there's a lot of parents that approach me when I'm at certain photo shoots or you know we had one the other week at a fox sports shoot and a dad approached me and he said you know my daughter she's playing at this club and do you think she should go down this pathway or this pathway and honestly it's my parents gave that decision up to me and they were going to make it work for me which was absolutely amazing not it's really hard for parents to be able to sacrifice so much for you to get there and I'm so grateful for what my parents have done. It, it was unbelievable driving me from, you know, Dubbo to Blacktown to <laughs> flying me to Adelaide, you name it. They, they've been on the whole ride, but they have been so supportive with whatever avenue, whatever training, whatever pathway that I've wanted to do. And they've never pushed me in any way that I couldn't handle. So they've always supported me in every aspect that I've, I've chosen. And I'm grateful that they let me make that decision because yeah, it's, it's not, their decision almost to make mm, they can definitely not. play part in it you know they have to drive you places they have to do that but you know they supported me in any decision that I wanted to do and I, I've absolutely flourished because my parents supported me in that way and they provided that support for me throughout my whole career as well as my my grandma and and my brother and stuff like that so yeah if I could give you one piece of advice I would just say make sure that your child loves the game or loves their code and loves their sport and yeah, have a discussion with them. I never made any decision without speaking to my parents because they were the most important people and they will always have my best interest at heart and seek other coaches advice as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I approached a lot of coaches in my time of, of what to do, where to be, what's the best avenue, but you'll know in your heart what the best decision is. And I always knew that my decisions were always going to be the best um, yeah. for me because I took the time and I sat down with my parents and we discussed it as a family, not just by myself, but they did always leave the decision up to me, which I'm forever grateful for. Thank you, Remy. Awesome. You're, there is so much in that that um, I feel like so many people will enjoy listening to your story but enjoy the resonate. takeouts that, um, that you've um, spoken about as well. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me on. I've loved it. That's gold. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sports Parenthood. Please leave a review, share with your friends, or visit our website, sportsparenthood.com.au, to connect. Catch you next week.